You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Joe Gavallis back with the Safe Senior Hour. I hope all is well. Uh, remember, the Safe Senior Hour deals with seniors who are abused or financially exploited or basically anything dealing with their safe, safe issues. Um, we start off every program reminding everybody elder abuse doesn't report itself. So if, if you have, are aware of any forms of elder abuse, and we define them as physical, financial, and institutional, please contact your, your uh, law enforcement representative, your uh, adult protective service person, whoever that might be, or whatever that title of, the, of uh, they have in the various states or, around, or countries, that uh, you are the important eyes and ears of the professionals. We certainly need your input, and we certainly need um, your help to help your fellow um, seniors who might ha- be having some issues. And, and again, I think people understand what physical abuse is, um, but when we get into the financial abuse, which is by far the biggest abuse of the seniors, um, we have those crimes <clears throat> or abuses are committed mostly by um, loved ones, relatives, but there is a, a group of professionals out there that are preying on the um, uh, seniors' uh, elderly community, and um, the governments throughout the world are trying to uh, address this issue. And of course, institutional. We've been having our last two sessions. We've been talking about institutional abuse, and uh, that um, dealing with nursing homes assisted living, personal care homes, that you have many recourses if you think something's wrong concerning with your loved one or somebody you know or a relative in the um, in one of these um, long-term care situations or institutional areas. And those are uh, not only law enforcement, <clears throat> but it's whatever your state regulatory agency is, um, in Georgia, it's the healthcare facilities regulatory body, but it could be uh, numerous things. But but at least tell somebody. And as we've heard constantly, we've had from various guests in the United States, every state has an ombudsman program, and the ombudsman program allows you to confidentially, or you or your loved one, or the patient, or the resident of that facility, to confidentially talk to an individual to help facilitate uh, handling certain problems. And um, I think that's really uh, of importance to know that you've got somebody you can go to. And that is one of the bigger uh, messages we have. There are people you can talk to to discuss any of your concerns. Uh, I just spoke uh, twice this last week. Um, up in uh, in the North Georgia area, to about one was about thirty seniors, and the other was a local <coughs> radio broadcast and address addressing senior issues. And uh, I think people were shocked to hear that the professionals that are trying to go after your money um, 
the seniors' money. And why they're going after seniors is simple. Seniors are very trusting. Um, we're taught to believe people. We're taught to close deals with a handshake. We've been able to accumulate some money, maybe not a lot of money, but as a gentleman told me in North Georgia, he was very proud that he had about $500 in a wooden box in his house that he just can use for just to go and use for splurge money. Well, to him, that was his, that was his savings, he and his, that in his home. But other people might be fortunate enough to have a very good retirement plan, a 401k, or somehow inherited or gained or ran a successful business, have a substantial amount of money. So the professionals look at somebody who's trusting, who has a little bit of money, and some of them even play on the third prong of, of, of the elderly, is that they love their families. They love their sons and daughters. They love their grandkids. Um, and so they pray on that. And there, as you know, we've talked about it before. There's the infamous grandparent scam that's going around all over, all over the world, um, dealing with that. But the important thing is tell somebody, address your concerns, address your problems to anybody who can help um, that you trust. And again, you're not paid to be the. The, the all-time detective, this is not your job to, to, to resolve a case, to investigate it. That's what the professionals can do. So please get it in the hands of professionals. Let them do it. And, again, if it's dealing with the, uh, <coughs> the ombudsman uh, issue, those are confidential reports. So um, please, please pass that on. Please help the seniors that are in need. Uh, either physical, financial, or institutional. And I think that, that as, as we talk about this more and more, um, I think people start to realize the scope that it affects everybody. It affects people who are living in a city or in the suburbs or in the rural areas. And, I, and what was very interesting to me was at a seminar that I attended um, by a federal uh, uh, federal government that they have determined through their sources that the biggest um, area that many of these professionals are targeting, <coughs> excuse me, are um, aren't city folks, suburban folks, but rural folks. And the reason why they think that their access, the rural people, access to law enforcement or to the federal government is is a lot more restrictive uh, here in the United States. And so some of the biggest scams that we've run into are from the rural areas. So remember that. Just because where you live doesn't mean that people aren't coming to, um, to try to uh, perpetrate some kind of scam uh, on you. I think it's, it's interesting to note that the, the groups that I've been speaking to, whether they be faith-based, whether they just be, I know there's a grandparent group I speak to, I've spoken to. We had senior citizens groups we speak to. Um, it, they all leave there with the idea that, yes, there's something we can do. We can help our fellow seniors to, uh, to address the issues.
one of the uh, biggest areas that have recently come across is uh, this uh, our audience, our seniors here in, in Georgia, but also across the country, our home repair scams. <clears throat> now, I know we have seniors that live with other people, seniors that live in in uh, senior uh, living areas, but we still have many seniors that live in their in their homes, and they live out in rural or semi-rural areas. And the older we get, you know, our houses still need to be repaired. They still need to have uh, uh, things done to them because uh, as, as they get old, they need to be repaired also. Well, the bad guys, the thieves, the pros, they know that. And what we've seen recently this spring is a, uh, a, a big increase in the uh, home repair scams. And when I say home repair scams, uh, just stop and think. You live in a house. <coughs> what are some things that, 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 that can go wrong? Well, obviously, it's got to be somebody on the scam, unless you call and invite them in, They've got to be things that happens to everybody when you have a house. You normally have a driveway. Everybody has a roof on their house. A lot of places you have trees that are issues. A lot of roofs have gutters, which are another issues. And these um, uh, unscrupulous people uh, prey on this. And and I was up in, in North Georgia and discussing this. And the, the sheriff of a county was there, and he said, absolutely. He gets a lot of calls from homeowners saying, you know, what should I do or should I have done this? And they'd be talking about um, somebody just out of the blue knocks on the door and says, and this one scam, I happen to be in the area, and I've got some materials to um, to resurface your driveway. It'll save you a lot of money. And I think as people go along, everybody thinks that their driveways are fine. But driveways do get uh, do, do need repair every once in a while. But the door, the, but they knock on the door and say, "We happen to be in the area, and for a small amount, like two hundred, four hundred dollars, we'll completely resurface your driveway." Well, the issue there is, how do you know what kind of materials they are? You didn't call them. It's, it's a major issue. Um, but they could get come in and do the same, the same um, information to you about, well, we, I drove by and saw your roof needs repaired, and we were doing a roofing job down the street, and we have materials that will just fit your roof and will fix your roof and, uh, you know, how old is your roof, and go through all these questions. And these are basically unsolicited people. Uh, that they knock on your door. They also can happen with trees. If you have trees, they'll come down and say, oh, we see some of the limbs. We happen to be in the area. We're going to save you a lot of money. And, uh, you know, you need to have this tree come down or we're going to trim this tree. Well, what happens on the tree or the roof or the driveway, one thing leads to another, and what you think is $400 might turn to be like $2,000 because they say, oh, we looked more, and we looked at the driveway closer. We need more surfacing material 
because your driveway was so bad. The roof was a lot worse than we thought. Oh, when we got up in the tree, you wouldn't believe how rotten things are. So what started out like a real deal at 200 or $400 uh, normally comes out to be something like um, 2000 or 3000 <clears throat> And these are things that we should be aware of. So <clears throat> as we said in the meeting and the sheriff made a point, when you're in your house, please don't let any strangers in your house. You have no idea who they are. And once they get in your house, it's hard to, to get them to leave. So talk through the door, keep your door locked, and, and try to get some details about the company or who they are or what they're trying to do. Because just to have people that come in as quick as they come and knock on your door and tell you they've got the fix-all for your driveway, your roof, or your trees, that's how quick they can leave and you have no other information to, to find them, to go after them in terms you want to, uh, to, to have them correct a problem or have them to do what they say they were going to do. Uh, so I think this is a, a good lesson for all of us. Check the Better Business Bureau. Check with, with some friends. Have you used it? Try to be the um, – try to be – as prudent as you can, because once these people come and you pay the money, you're probably never going to see them again. It is a um, it, uh, the latest scam here in North Georgia uh, dealing with home repair is the um, uh, uh, pine straw scam. So we'll go into that in a little bit here. But with that, we're going to take a break here, and we'll be back shortly with our next segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Thanks. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, welcome back to the Safe uh, Senior Hour for our second segment. And um, as well as we start off, uh, remember, elder abuse doesn't report itself. Um, but we're honored today to have uh, f- for for a short uh, uh, a segment that we could get him on this uh, this morning. Um, is Officer Chuck McPhillamy from the Marietta PD. And uh, Chuck is, uh, has been on the show before, and we always appreciate his insight. And as I spoke to Chuck, over the weekend I was at an occasion to be around a group of people, and uh, they were talking about a uh, situation that the Marietta Police Department handled concerning the new law in Georgia and its law in other states. I know California has it. I think Virginia has it. And this is hands-free driving, right, distracted driving. So I'll let him talk about it. But they said this finally got to their mother and father, who were elderly, not to be holding the phone and and driving down the road because it caused problems and the police are looking. So, Chuck, I just wonder if you could, first of all, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. And if you could just go over what you guys did, uh, the department in cooperation with, I think it was Cobb County and the, and the state police, what you all did and, and, and the reason why you did it. Certainly. We, as a department, we are here to protect and serve. And part of that is to enforce the laws that the government sets on our behalf to protect the public, to protect the citizenry. A year ago, exactly today, ironically, one year ago, the law went into a pl- into effect that Georgia uh, was going to become a hands-free state in that you could not be driving down the road and have a cell phone in your hand or resting on your person, can't even be sitting on your leg, that the phone itself either needs to be put away or it needs to be sitting in some sort of a mount on your windshield or your dashboard and that if you're driving down the road, you can touch the phone one time to click answer and have it go into your Bluetooth of your car or on just a speaker phone if you like, but that you can't manipulate the phone. You can't be watching a video. You can't push the phone several times, that it's too much of a distraction. Uh, that went into effect a year ago. When the law went into effect, it was table conversation, just as you said, dinner conversation, that, hey, we need to be careful, we need to go, have you bought a Bluetooth for your car yet? Have you figured out how to make that work? Well, over the course of the last six months, we've noticed that people have reverted back to their original habits 
of picking the phone back up or using it while they're driving. One of the things that I can tell you is that when the initial law went into effect, there was a crescendo or an increase that had steadily happened where traffic accidents were being caused more by people being distracted than any other single cause. Right after the law went into effect one year ago, those numbers started to decrease and then stayed down for roughly six months, and we saw them starting to creep back up again as people just forgot, became complacent, slipped back into old habits. Our goal with this traffic detail was to make enough of an impact that the, the truth, Joe, is there's no amount of tickets that could be written that would get people to truly change their behavior just by writing tickets. The goal was to try and create conversation that would spark dialogue like what we're having right now and the fact that you were talking about it with someone over dinner is a positive for us. That's what we wanted. We feel like if we can get people's attention back on the fact that this is a law and it will be enforced, then that will relieve us from that duty of having to write so many tickets. Uh, I, I can't what we did was organize a joint task force with a neighboring Cobb County Police Department as well as the Georgia State Patrol um, designated several troopers to come work with us. And we had three different individuals who were dressed as construction workers standing at the intersection of Cobb Parkway and Roswell Road. And they simply walked back and forth with police radios and called out this individual in this color car with this particular clothing on has the phone in their hand and they're watching a video. Another one isn't wearing a seatbelt and has two hands on the phone. They're not holding the steering wheel at all. They're driving with their knee. Wow. Uh, Multiple different violations that happened both while people were stopped at the intersection as well as while they were driving through. The way the detail worked, we had officers staged around the corner from all all angles. So no matter which direction you were traveling, uh, if one of those undercover officers called out what was happening, uh, then a corresponding either Cobb County, GSP, or Marietta officer could then initiate a traffic stop and issue a citation. Um, quite frankly, the, the citation numbers that were written weren't as important as getting the message out. The reality is each one of those citations that were issued, if those individuals will go to court and show that they now have a Bluetooth-enabled device in their car, Each one of those tickets can be forgiven and they'll go away. So it's not about generating money and it's not about trying to write tickets or as some people would say, meeting some quota, which I can only speak for the Marietta Police Department, but I can tell you there is no quota. Uh, Contrary to what people think, there isn't. Uh, The reality is it was about creating a dialogue to get people talking about it and to increase their safety. Well, I think, uh, Chuck, if... uh um, I think you you accomplished that to talk about that when in this group, as I said, it was like five or six people, and they were talking. And again, it's just not the elderly, I know, but the elderly is are you know are affected, and they have been you know they they have been not following the rules because they never worried about it, never thought well nobody will look at it. You what you got 
what you guys did, that uh, guys and gals, I guess, what you did with your task force, got it on TV in the area, got the information out. And, again, as you just said, it's education, education. And, and sometimes the education is just reminding people what the law is. I think at the end of the day, Joe, the average person listening to this would say, I have no intent to knowingly break a law. Right. But when I'm faced with something that has just become part of my everyday life, imagine if I said to you, starting next month, remote controls for televisions are going to be outlawed. Think about how long it would take us to (laughs) change that behavior that we all have... In fact, multiple remote controls. I think we can start to lap over that. How many for how many devices? Well, the cell phone is very similar to that. Stop and think about the target market that you would typically try to assist with this radio program. It's probably someone 70 years or older, 65 years or older. Yeah, right. Or their kids, right. Yeah, not necessarily that group. It's not limited to that group, but that's the group that you are so passionate about trying to protect and right. and be there for. Well, when was the cell phone actually introduced? Late 80s? True. Early 1990s? So stop and think about the age of that person back in the early 90s when that device first became commonplace. Now you're talking about someone who would have been in their 40s or 50s? Well... well that's in right. their 40s the f- or 50s, they would have probably adopted that, and they've been using that cell phone for the last 30 years. Well, you made a point. This, it's it's no longer just a cell phone. It's a it's a it's a communication device. It's texting. I mean, I've seen people do that texting going down the road, trying to type out emails. So it's just not the phone. The phone is the device that you can do it on. It's it's this communication device, and and this this is what's What's causing, I think, the, the, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everything is a distraction, but what, what is a big distraction there are people trying to t- do texting and things like that. But be, before we end this segment, um, I think it was either in the paper or, or, I did, or, or, or you mentioned it in one of our conversations, Chuck, that you all compared the statistics before the laws went in and what they are now for what people believe are are distracted driving accidents. Can you address that? The distracted driving is back on the increase. The amount of accidents that happen daily because of people manipulating their cell phone is on the increase. Our goal in creating this conversation was to re-educate, to get people to set that device down and remember that by picking it up, they might be endangering their own loved ones or someone that's totally just innocent driving down the road obeying the law. It's important to us that we re-educate them and remind them that we will honor our duty to protect and serve. Part of that means we are to enforce the laws. And and whether you like that or not, that means if you're manipulating that phone and you're behind the wheel of a car, you can plan on there being blue lights behind you and a copy of a conversation that you probably don't want a copy of because it comes with a with a number in mind of what that ticket is now going to cost. Right, and I think the initial uh, law that was passed did decrease certain distractive driving, but now you're starting to see an increase, correct? Correct. It did initially work, right. 
we're here to try and remind people that if they will obey that law, it will work again, and those numbers will drop again. Well, I, I, I certainly appreciate you coming on. I thank you for this, uh, for this uh, insight into the situation. Uh, again, not every state has this law, but the people we're getting to, um, you know, throughout the country, and, and there are some countries in the world that have this law, that I think we need to, uh, um, you know, stop and think, you know, anything we can do to save lives will do. And again, thank you, uh, uh, Chuck, and we will uh, talk to you again, and we always appreciate you coming on. This My ends pleasure. this segment for the, of the uh, Safe Senior Hour. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back. Um... To this segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Remember, elder abuse doesn't report itself. And if you have any issues or comment uh, comments you'd like to make about the show, about the topics, or any topics you'd like us to discuss, uh, you can email us at safe at americaswebradio.com. Um, with that, I was a very interesting uh, uh, topic uh, on the previous segment that that does affect people certainly in many states and if any uh, lives or any injuries we can save in accidents by reminding people about uh, distractive driving and and not it just doesn't apply to, to seniors but seniors are are greatly affected by it so i think it's a it's an important part that we always need to uh, to address uh, we're going to move now just to try to uh, summarize uh, or update some of the new developments in the um, uh, fraud world that affects seniors. And uh, there have been some, some, some really good developments. But I think we're going to start off with a simple tip to uh, check if seniors are being hit by fraud. Now, these are, these are some tips that, that – that, 
the that people who who deal with the seniors and have uh, maybe their parents live somewhere else or they can watch some of their some of their dealings things to look for that would should have be a red flag and then you should look farther and um and as I said, this is a simple tip to check if seniors are being hit by fraud. Just look at the volume of mail they get. If tons of mailings for prize, for prize frauds or charities, they've probably gotten on a scam list. So you can see that. When you see that and they come in and it's just stacks of them. And, and I was at, uh, um, at one of the talks we gave and somebody brought in a handful of mail that their their parents had received and said, how did they ever get on these lists? Well, the list for the scamsters, as we talked about before, that these lists of seniors and elders can be bought over the dark web. They can, um, and these lists are compiled by companies that uh, that buy them legitimately. Or that get people to, um, uh, or or somebody, you know, basically, it's, you know, steals them or whatever it is from the internet and then sells them in a list format, and the details of of each individual who's on the list can vary from just a telephone number to a telephone number and address to a telephone number, social security number and address, to a listing of how many people are in a certain house, the age of the people. It can, and, But each one of those on the dark web, you pay more money for. The more information you have, the more money they pay. But that's how they get people's list. And, and I tell people, just stop and think how many times you'll walk into, certainly in the United States, supermarkets, drugstores, uh uh, entities around, you'll see on newspapers, on these uh, magazines that come out, weekly magazines, you know, send in send in your name, your email address for a drawing for a free trip to the Caribbean or for a uh, some gift thing, you know, something like that. Well, all that all that information is gathered and then can be sold. It's a, it's a money making profit for the organization. And so what did you just give up? You gave up your name, probably your address, your phone number, where you could be contacted, quote, if you win, and an email address. And that's a lot of the ways they get that, you know. And so that's how, you know, the phone calls that people get telling them that they won the sweepstakes um, or offer bogus investments all come from these lists. And these lists are out there and unfortunately you and I have no say in uh, what's being sold on the dark web and if your name, number social security number, telephone number email is on there it's going to be on somebody's list but that's only phase one now the professionals have your name number uh, now they've got to do something, something with it well basically what they like to do because it's the easiest is just to call you they have what's called a boiler room where maybe uh, some from like 20 to 100 people sit with telephones. And they'll have each have this. It will go on the computer. It'll just be lists of names. And they call. Well, as in, in my discussions with seniors, and I've spoken now probably over to 2,200 of them, and remind them, 
that yes, it is it, it is an annoyance, and yes, you can play games with these people, but remember, they're professionals, you're not. So the first thing we tell people is, if somebody calls you, and the name you don't recognize on the phone, on the ID on the phone, don't answer the phone. If it's important to leave a message, listen to the message, think about it before you call the person back. Obviously, if it's a number you recognize, it probably will be somebody you know. But a lot of times, these people will spoof, that's what it's called, will put phony numbers on the ID. So the best thing is, if you don't know the number and you're not pretty sure that's your friend, you know, Mary or, or, or John down the street, don't answer it. Or the company, if you didn't call the company, don't answer it when a company name comes up. And what these people are doing now is when they call you, they're, they're using a local number to make it look like it's, say, somebody in your area, when in reality they're overseas. So our first, our first um, advice, piece of advice by law enforcement uh, that they say at our meetings is don't answer the phone. That's simple. But there's some people who think they can play games with these professionals. And I know some police officers do, and I know uh, some other people think that they can really outcon the con people. Well, the problem with that is you think you're good. They think they're good. So another list is developed. We have a Remember, we have the general list. That's how your number got on. But then there's a list developed for the people who don't answer the phone, who, which is recommended. But then there's a second list. Uh, I mean, a third list. The first list is the general numbers. The second list is the numbers that where they call and nobody answers. Because to somebody looking to scam you, if nobody answers the phone, they're not going to get any money. So they don't care. But they keep a list of that. But they also keep a list of people who will get on the phone and talk to them. And even though you'll play games and then you'll you'll end up saying that, you know, well, I'm really with the with the XYZ police department or whatever you, you whatever these people play games with or they just hang up to the professionals to the professionals they think that they have an advantage now because you'll talk to them because they think they're so good they can out talk you and maybe they can't out talk you but maybe three other people they can out talk so that's the second list so the first list is the is remember the master list where they get your numbers then they call and then then they form another set of lists the one list that that where nobody answers the second list where somebody answers but doesn't you know take the bait but then there's a third list which is the most productive list is where they call and somebody takes the bait and when they take the bait that they will constantly retry to call again and again and again because it's like and 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 the term is in the industry phishing p-h-i-s-i-n-g and it's like phishing f-i-s-h-i-n-g if you're out fishing and you find a a a place on the side of the river or in the lake where you catch a lot of fish you're going to go back there and fish again well that's the way the professional scammers do it They'll go back to that third list and say, who did we scam before? Because we're more likely to scam again. Is it true? Absolutely. 
when we look at people who have been scammed, there's usually a history of issues with them. Because people, well, number one, in the elderly community, a lot of them are lonely and just want to talk to somebody. And if it means spending some of that extra money we talked about before, they will uh, go ahead and do it. Um, but then once they're on a list, uh, they're going to keep going back and forth, back and forth. The um, I'll give you an example. Uh, a woman came up to me up in North Georgia, said her sister had been taken in by the, um, in the United States, it's called the Publishers Clearinghouse. I don't know what it is in the rest of the world. But a good organization run does run a Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. But you have to enter it. You have to do something to get on that. This woman did nothing but got a call and said that she had won the sweepstakes and that she was the lucky one in her area. And the sweepstakes are are shown on TV here where they come to somebody's door and they have a big, huge check that they're holding up for 500000 or a million dollars. And they have balloons and they have a TV camera. It's quite a big deal to win the publisher's clearinghouse. Well, they called this woman and said she won. But in order to collect her winnings, they had to pay upfront money. She ended up paying after all the all the discussions and all the upfront money, the taxes, the handling fee. Oh, I forget how many there were. They kept dragging it out, and she ended up paying somewhere around you know forty thousand dollars out. But all the time, she was talking to them, and she believed she had won. And, in fact, she called her sister and said, I know they're going to, the TV is going to be coming to my door with the big check any day now. Well, she gets another call, and that's when she has to put more money in. Well, she's on a list, so then another person calls and said, well, in relation to the publisher's clearinghouse, they also have a sweepstakes where a $150,000 Mercedes is there. It's tied in somehow. And they said, this must be your lucky day to her because you just won that Mercedes. And we will deliver it when we deliver the, the, the check and the TV cameras come. This woman was so convinced she called her sister and said, you wouldn't believe it. I knew I, knew I won. I just got another call, and they told me I had won the this Mercedes. So I'd won the sweepstakes and the Mercedes. And her sister said to her, well, did you have to pay any money to get to the Mercedes? Oh, she said, oh, yeah, obviously I had to pay um, tax upfront taxes. I had to pay handling fee, and I had to pay a transportation cost. But the car is worth 150000 So she said to her sister, how much did you pay? She said around another 20000 so she said, you've paid 40000 in upfront fees to win this publisher's sweepstakes, and now you paid another 20000 Said, yeah. Well, a week goes by, two weeks go by. Obviously, she didn't win the sweepstakes, and she didn't win the Mercedes. So based on that, this shows you how they follow up and, 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 and call. So, so remember... Please, the easiest way is don't answer these calls. Um, and you can remember, even though it can start out small, 
this adds up as people pay out every week some what they feel based on these calls are fees uh, or uh, taxes or prepay taxes or things that they declare. Uh, but those are some tips. When we come back, we're going to go over some of the current uh, scams that have taken place around the world and update you. So that'll end this segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving call timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move timothy around town movers in my opinion are the best that's around town movers Call him. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to our final segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Um, we're going to just summarize some of the, the new developments and the fight against uh, financial frauds. Around the around the United States and around the um, uh, around the world, I think it's a it's significant what what has been what has been going on some of these uh, some of the successes, uh, but I think as as it always comes back to me and it hit me really hard the other day when the um, a federal representative was talking to us about sweepstakes scams from a Caribbean area and. Excuse me, and how how profitable they are, and how they've taken over um, some big industries in terms of gaining money uh, uh, in the Caribbean. And and we asked him, said when he got you know through his uh, his presentation, and said, what are the three things we can do, us fraud fighters, to uh, and and people who, who who are concerned about the elderly, what can we do to um, to help fight financial fraud. And uh, we expected all sorts of answers, and he said, uh, we said, give us the top three things. And he came back to, and it always stuck with me, education, education, education. And that's what this radio show is doing. We're hopefully to educate you, who will then educate other people, and you'll be looking out for the signs of scams or the signs of, of abuse of, of, of your loved ones or of your friends, of your people that you care about. So that's why we constantly go through this update to show that things go on. They go on all over the world. The governments and the, and the law enforcement and the regulatory agencies are doing everything they can. But we need your help to educate people not to get involved in some of these, in some of these scams. So one of the um, big scams up in, New, in the state of New York, um, 
a woman was sentenced um, to 24 months in prison for a debt collection scam. And this is where they would call around and they would, um, to seniors, primarily seniors, uh, they would use fraudulent tactics, including false threats of arrest, false claims the caller collectors were attorneys, and false claims as to criminal charges against the, the the debtors. This is where they call up and say, you owe money, and you don't think you do, and but they say you do, and we don't want to have you arrested, so this is what you need here. Uh, the defendants and employees also routinely collected on debts, which they knew had already been satisfied, and collected money from, quote, debtors that were characterized as easy targets from whom they had already uh, collected payment. Debtors were instructed to make payments to various debt collection businesses through various means. And then the listeners to the show knows we've discussed all these. Money grant payments, bank wire transfers, and debit credit cards. And in this case, they uh, participated in a collection of over $1,100,000. Um, so that was a debt collection scam. We've talked about it, but that is a uh, a real significant uh, um, uh, uh, arrest. But again, again, it's education, education, education. Um, my hats off to the Canadians. The Canadian government um, are trying to address issues about spoofing. Uh, the idea uh, of spoofing uh, is where somebody puts a different number than who they really are. So it looks like you're getting a call from either, you know, a real company, a police department, a sheriff's department, the federal government, the IRS, when in fact they aren't. Um, but they um, in Canada, it's the uh, Canadian Radio Television Te- uh, Telecommunications Commission are trying to make a real fight to stop this. So uh, it's and and this is the fight against these nuisance calls that are coming in. And um, and che- and the other thing they put out alerts, uh, uh, telemarketing consumer alerts to help identify spoof calls. So if you have any issues, but again, as we talk to you about it, if you don't recognize the number, don't answer it. Have them leave a message. And then, and then you call independently and find out what number of the company they claim they're with. Um, and um, is the best way to do it. Let's see. We have another one here. Um, well, in, um, in Nigeria, they arrested a, or they yeah, arrested a suspect over a $12,000 romance scam with an American uh, with an American woman um, they revealed that this individual uh, was representing himself as an American with the United States Army using a phony identity as a Max Allen with the fraudulent identity he succeeded in defrauding an American lady out of the sum of $12,000 by promising to marry her. Unbelievable. Remember, if you can't deal, if you don't know who the person is, don't send payments over the, um, to the 
to a computer that somebody's asking you. A computer gives you courage. You have no idea who's behind writing it. And when somebody sends you a picture in a computer, it could be could be that person, but probably if they're looking to get money, it isn't that person. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, an interesting issue for people who, have, who are Apple customers, uh, as we told you, a lot of um, payments that are made uh, in this in the fraudulent world are the, the fraudsters tell you to go get a iTunes card, uh, uh, an Apple gift card, an Apple iTunes card, a, uh, a green dot card at Walmart. Well, Apple now is warning customers that the App Store gift cards can't pay income taxes. One of the big scams where you owed so much money and they would inform uh, you that you must pay immediately or you will be arrested. And having been a law enforcement officer for over 30 years, uh, or uh, approximately 30 years, I, uh, um, you know, I would never call somebody and say, we're going to come and arrest you. And any time on my seminars with the local sheriffs and the state police and, uh, uh, and, and local police, nobody calls and say, we're coming to arrest you. I don't know about you, but if you call me and come and arrest me, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to go try to find my attorney or something, but I'm not going to be there. So this is, this is really a, 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 a good point. It says, now when a customer attempts to purchase an iTunes gift card in an Apple Store, the employee will inform the shopper that iTunes gift cards cannot be used outside iTunes or Apple Store as a method of paying um, uh, uh, paying taxes, and that's what they say. And why do they say to, uh, to get an iTunes card or a uh, um, a Green Dot card? Because if you scratch the number off the back and you give them the number, they punch that number in, and instantaneously, instantaneously, they gain access to, to everything that you purchase. A um, uh, a big arrest was made, or uh, of um, four executives of Canadian payment processor charged with fraud and money laundering. Why is this? And why is this significant? Um, because there's got to be a way to exchange the money from the victim to the bad guys. And there are th- these processing charges allow companies, the bad guys, to go ahead and let somebody else do this. Um, in this case, the defendant's uh, direction, under their direction, the uh, payment processor choice, the companies mailed large volumes of fraudulent notices designed to mislead victims into falsely believing they would receive large amount of money, a valuable prize, or a psychic cervix upon payment of fees. Many alleged victims were elderly or otherwise vulnerable. Um, I, I, it's it's a uh, it, it is good to see that some of these people um, get get the uh, the the law coming um, coming after them. The defendants are charged with enriching themselves by helping fraudsters who took money from the elderly and otherwise vulnerable victims. The United, the Assistant Attorney General, 
made that statement for the United States, Jody Hunt. The United States Department of Justice will seek to hold accountable those who knowingly advance elder fraud schemes, including individuals outside our borders who enable fraudsters to move their ill-gotten gains into the banking system and benefit from the crimes. Uh, in this case, working with postal inspectors, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Nevada said, working with our postal inspectors and other law enforcement partners, we will identify, investigate, prosecute criminals, both foreign and domestic, who prey on our seniors and our vulnerable Nevada uh, residents. Remember, he was U.S. Attorney for Nevada. So that's kind of significant. There is a new emphasis to help protect seniors and the vulnerable and other people who are being defrauded. The indictment alleged the defendants knew that the mass mailing clients obtained payments from victims through fraudulent notification and nevertheless approved depositing these payments into U.S. bank accounts, allowing the clients to benefit from the fraud. Uh, they each earned approximately $15 million in Canadian dollars, uh, two of the defendants. Each charge carries a maximum of 20 years in prison. This is, is a great step and a great start in helping to stop this type of, of abuse here. And then lastly here, we have a bulletin from the Federal Trade Commission which operated a uh, operation called uh, Operation Calls Its Quits. It was a crackdown on illegal robocalls, and um, and they were targeted. It was a 25 state and local agencies have eight, brought 87 enforcement actions as part of the initiative. This was significant because it really showed a cooperative venture to try to uh, 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 stop these frauds. Well, with that, that will end our uh, our final segment of the Safe Senior Hour. Remember, uh, elder abuse doesn't report itself. And uh, go help a senior if you can and, and pass on information to help stop uh, the abuse of our seniors. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.